welcome, welcome, welcome to the Line Brawl Podcast. Bazinga! Your host, Chris Smith. <laughs> Joining me is my co-creator, the owner of the Line Brawl TikTok account that has been making some significant waves that we're going to be talking about today, the lovely social media guru, James Gantis. James, how are you? What is up, players? And, uh... Yeah, we're we're doing good. What day is it today? It's April twentieth. It's actually four twenty right now. So smoke them if you got them, boys. Um, Chris talking about my TikTok spitting chiclets. If you're aware of that podcast, it's like our if podcast, but them. way better. But way way better. <laughs> um, <laughs> they just reposted one of my TikToks, and they they barely gave me credit, but they gave me credit. So all is good. Um, that just shows what type of high quality content we're coming out with. We got a lot on the table today. Montreal's been playing like shit. Uh, does McDavid need to get his ass beat? We'll get to that later. And on the Vancouver side, Chris's team, the Vancouver Canucks, are back with some punches. They're not going away. Just Mm-mm. COVID-19 can't stop them. Uh, what do we want to start with, Chris? Uh, let's start with Montreal right now. Because they're the most fascinating team in the North Division by far. Because they're not quite the best top three. But they are clearly a cut above the bottom three teams. But their playoff position is not secure right now. It's theirs to lose. But another loss against Edmonton is... uh, That's not ideal. Yeah. um, So I think since we last spoke, they've lost... Let me just get this for sure they've definitely lost four nothing to ottawa and then they lost that last game to um we won't even talk about the four nothing to ottawa that's something you obviously can't just you just can't be doing that at this point in the season chris did you watch that edmonton game uh yeah when Connor mcdavid split your d like a pair of middle school gym shorts when top cheese on you oh, yeah shit. i'm very familiar with that he split very like familiar <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Um, I would also say split the D like two kids in a sandbox, if you know that video. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you don't know that video, don't look it up. Um, So yeah, that was... You're probably 12 if you don't know that video, realistically. That was some rockin' sock'em... That was some rockin' sock'em hockey, I tell you what. These good Canadian boys... <laughs> That's my Don Cherry. <coughs> uh, but that was a lot of hard-hitting action. Uh, Jake Allen had to come in relief for Carey Price. Got bumped in the head by Chazon. Alex Gave him Chazon. a little quick shoulder because he thought uh, Price was playing too good. A lot of teams seem to do that. Um... Jake Allen came in, he was fantastic, but the boys played like shit around him. A lot to say about this one. McDavid was running around, and do you think it's fair to fight McDavid if he's headhunting like that? Like, what's your take on that, Chris? Is he too good to fight? We should just let you know right now, this is the beginning of the segment of the aforementioned does Connor McDavid deserve to get his ass beat? So now we're going to be talking about that. And you know what? I'm pro Connor McDavid getting his ass beat, personally. I think that it wouldn't take much for him to kind of, 
you know, maybe just kind of see I shouldn't be hitting people in the fucking head every day. I don't think he needs much. Just like, you know, you know how you need just like a quick jab to the head just like yeah, once? Just, just, to stun just him? shake him up. Yeah. Make sure he knows like, hey, <laughs> we understand you're the best player in the world. Yeah. But you That's... take an elbow to Kakanyemi, you jab that shoulder in people's faces, yeah. you might get punched in the face. And you know what? I don't think that this is a new phenomenon. If everyone remembers SC87, the cross by Crosby, he was getting the shit kicked out of him in a lot of playoff series. Oh, that was, the, yeah, that was a, a different time in hockey. Crosby used to get fucked with, man. Like, the, yeah. people held, did not hold back with Crosby. He was, he, he went through a lot. Credit to him. Yeah. And, like, I get the, the criticizers in the sense where it's like, yeah, he did complain a lot. He did kind of was a big baby to the refs and everything. But, I mean, like, to a certain extent, you kind of go back and watch that tape and you realize, man, this guy is getting fucked with every single game, right? Oh, there's a penalty pe- on him every, like, four times a game and they'd maybe call one. Yeah, exactly. It's like the equivalent of, like, I don't know, just like a hack-a-shack concept where all these guys are doing are able to just fuck with this guy for so long. And all they're doing is waiting for him to retaliate even a little bit. But even yeah. then, he's like, but yeah, no, Connor McDavid, I think, yeah, he's grown up in a different time and good for him, at the S at that point. But th- that's what I mean, you know? This is just like an area of policing where it's like, I'm not trying to end this guy's career. He doesn't deserve a torn ACL. No, I understand not, that he's no, good exactly. for hockey in general. But... You know, just a little pop to the face, just like a stun gun. Yeah, exactly. And I think that will even that'll even like stop it from happening because maybe he's so quick that if you go to hit him because you're mad at him, he's gonna maybe move around you and then you'll maybe clip him. At, like you saw Dano did, just clipped his knees. Kind of. That's a lot more dangerous than if you were just getting a little scrap with someone. Yeah. But um, what else did I want to talk about here? A lot of a lot of hitting in that game. In that game, sorry. Uh, Romanov hit on Jujar Kara. Did you hit that? Did you see that? <laughs> I sure did. Oh my god. So Kara was running around too. He He's good for what he does. He I mean, he's terrible at hockey, but he's good at like throwing hits and he's good. He's effective in a game like that. And yeah. oh my god. Romanov neutralized him. That was like, he, he went from going like 70 miles per hour to zero in .01 seconds. He hit a brick wall in Romanov. I mean, you, you keep I know that there is no one like the robot, but you're talking about more and more MLM parallels for me, right? Yeah. I feel like yeah. if if Romanov gets the mentality that no matter what he does, he doesn't do anything wrong, that's robot mentality. <laughs> that is robot mentality. He's going to have to fight someone eventually. Yeah. And I, I, I'm curious to see what he'll be like. Yeah, I think we're going to have to understand how close Romanov is to MLN as soon as Romanov puts somebody in the hospital and he doesn't apologize. If he does do that, then he's the next Alexi MLN on this team. Dude, Jujar was knocked out cold. He he might have gone to the hospital. <laughs> he so it's a, he it's couldn't a stand and... up and there was like spit coming out of his mouth. It was it's actually kind of nasty. But it's a wait and hope see he, hope, obviously hope he's not injured. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So Habs were terrible on the power play. There were two occasions where Toffoli went in one on five as our, or sorry, one on four as our entrance to the power play. And I was like, what the fuck? Just wait. It was so strange. He did it twice that game. Uh, the team's obviously missing Brendan Gallagher. He would have been great in a team like that. I think they're two and six now since he's been out of the lineup. Yeah. I um, mean, it speaks volumes of how important that guy is to the team. 
right? I mean, a broken thumb is, like, annoying because it'll keep him for six weeks, and he'll be back probably for the playoffs, but, man, it, it's a, it's a gotta slow get in. go. Yeah, it's a slow yeah. go right now. Um, so, what else? So, Habs are dog shit right now. We've mm-hmm. covered that. McDavid <laughs> does need to get his ass beat. Well, I mean, uh, we uh, Oh, yeah, about... me and you... Yeah, sorry. Me and you were, were talking just amongst ourselves about who the second best player in the NHL is. And you were you were saying it's Matthews, for sure. And I'm a bit of a dry guy. You think Dreisaitl's the best sec- the second, the number two? I think he, he gets overlooked because he plays on McDavid's team. Dreisaitl so, has a lot of games where he's better than McDavid. So I will, I will agree right away. I, and I think that's the reason why Dreisaitl will never be second on any ranking ever. It's very strange like that. It's the Malkin syndrome, right? It Malkin. is it is the Malkin syndrome. And right. and you could make a case that Malkin was the second best player in the NHL. Yep. And he will at, probably never get credit for that. He'll probably never get credit for that. Anyways, Matthew's been unreal. He's scoring at will. Yeah. I will um, say But Drysidle Drysidle's a freak, man, and he's so strong. Like crazy to have that they are they're Malkin and Crosby, him and him and McDavid. They're like the new Malkin and Crosby. I mean, it's the closest comparable. For sure. Yeah. Um, well, because it's either those two, and the only one that I think that can be included at the same time is Nathan McKinnon. Those are the only three that I can really think of as like a solid number two best player in the NHL. Yeah. But... Yeah, exactly. And uh, McKinnon, McKinnon does look like a freak also. He's kind of like a mix of McDavid and Crosby. Mm-hmm. He like... But, like, not as... A little better than Crosby now. But mm-hmm. uh, I'd say, like, his skill-wise, kind of like a mix between the two. Well, this is what I'm always, like, fascinated about. Because one of the reasons why people love having McDavid as number two is that he's the best player. And of the three teams, they're the best team. Right? And so I think that their assumption is is that he has to work harder to be the best player on that team. Connor McDavid doesn't need to work that hard to be the best player besides Dreisaitl to be yeah. on that team. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Austin, yeah, I get what you're saying. Austin Matthews, you can make more of a case. Obviously, Toronto's done very well for themselves. But, I mean, I, I, I think I'm just very impressed by... If I had to pick one... Man, I, I, I know I said math. I'm I might take McKinnon if I had to pick of the three. Just because, As your number two? Yeah, I think he's had a more three-dimensional game. I think he throws his weight around a little bit more than Austin Matthews does, which I really like. I think he's able to actually like use his body a little bit more. He's a centerman, so he has the hands, but he also has sort of like an ability to be a power forward if he were to ever be put onto the wing in his old age. But, I mean... Yeah, he's... it's sort of like... You have to think of it as like if you're building a team and you can only have one of those three players, yeah. which one would you rather have? And you can only have one, which one are you picking? And I think I think McKinnon makes sense for that, but either either one, man. Yeah, I uh, I I definitely don't. Part of the reason why I'm also just thinking that Nathan McKinnon's uh, the second best player is because I don't think a team with the second best player would lose to a team that was that hasn't played an NHL game since March 24th. Oh, we're getting into this. This, baby. this is how we're, we're going to talk about because I'm I've been dying to talk about this. Quite frankly, I'm so excited because you could just imagine 
the Leafs probably not even unpacking their bags in the hotel because of how sure thing of a win this was going to be for them. I remember, and I think you told me that you were watching this game too. Do you remember the first goal that they scored like three minutes in, the William Nylander goal? The he, Nylander one, yeah. He, oh man, I remember just thinking about that. He was, it was at the face-off dot. He's a left-handed shot, so it's weak side. He beats Holtby Glove. And I'm like, oh man, this is going to be the longest game I've ever watched. Yeah, and the boys look slow right off the bat. And then you talked to me, I was like in and out of it. And then you showed me the like I showed the Matthews goal, and I mean it's hard to uh, it's hard to blame a goaltender for that. But at that point in the game, at that score, you're kind of thinking like, man, what is it going to be? Is this going to be six nothing? Like, is this going to be really like exactly how the prophecy was foretold? And for some reason, the Leafs just completely took their foot off the gas. And nobody. Nobody can disappoint their fan base like the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm they actually have... astounded. <laughs> they're they're amazing at it. I, I think when you I... think it's impossible, they they show you that it's possible. So I, I I have a fun stat. So since the analytics era, so this is around the time of the cap when it first got instituted in about 2005. The Vancouver Canucks had the lowest percentile to win that game for a home team ever in Vegas odds ever at 26 percent shit <laughs> and they <laughs> like I, I thought about i thought about like putting some more money and just to bet on that and then i saw what the line was and i was like it's not worth it yeah I, i've lost so much money betting on toronto because when you think they should win they lose and when i like when i bet on them to lose because i think they're shit they win and i lose money so fuck them it's just such a, a like a damning piece of evidence for this team do you know what i mean like i don't know how to f like and this is like what the best thing is is like if you could sit me in a room with how to f make the leafs better in the cap era i don't know how you do it yeah it seems like they just like they're they all get in this like mind this all this mentality of like losing and they all get like brought down together and when they're hot they're hot I think, yeah. I, like we said last time, I, I think Felino's the type of player that can sort of shake things up. I mean, make people more accountable. Um, Jumbo, Jumbo's just there for a good time. I, I'm sure he's holding people accountable also, but mm -hmm. unfortunately, Jumbo's never won the cup himself. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Goaltending was pretty soft that game. Campbell wasn't what they want to see in that. You know what's so funny, actually, now that you mention that? They always talk about, like, the amount of leadership that's on this Leafs team. The amount of just terrifically, like, high-caliber leaders. Have any of those guys won a cup? Like, Spezza um, hasn't. Thornton hasn't. Marlowe didn't at, when he was playing yeah, with so, them. So they have Muzzin, who's won a cup. And I, did Campbell win with... Oh, maybe with, with LA. LA. Yeah, maybe. As a backup, though, like quick, yeah. he was playing behind quick. If if that's even true, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not even sure about. But that's that. what I but, mean. It's like their three, four guy and their backup have won a cup. And I couldn't imagine Muzzin being very talkative. He seems like a moron. And this is what I mean, right? Like I, you know, the people that are in positions of leadership, you know, like, you know, I, you don't want to be a dick, but it's just like, what do they know, man? Like, what do they want? It's the same shit. Yeah. And and I like I fucking I love Jumbo. 
Oh, me too. Literally my favorite player of all time. But you need you need like a different voice. Sort of kind of like how he got he, he like when uh, I want to say he got stripped of the C for Pavelski, but Pavelski could tell he was like that more he was more intense about it he really cared about the win he was going to do everything where jumbo's sort of a little more relaxed guy making sure everyone's comfortable in there he's great for a locker room but maybe not the most intense guy when you need a win yeah exactly he's the leader that you go to when you need a lighten up not a talking to right yeah yeah um marlo uh he was the, i mean Joe Thornton's the first overall. Who's the second overall that year? Patrick Marlowe played his 1,768th game. I mean, that's... Any time somebody passes Gordie Howe for a record is... Yeah. In, 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 incredibly impressive. Like, unbelievable. He's first all time. That's It's insane. And this is a guy who has played through two years worth of COVID... And two work stoppages, so he yeah could've, he one could've, one full season lockout and one half season lockout. He could have passed Gordy Howe like two seasons ago. You know, yeah. He, I mean, if everything worked out in the way that he could, like in terms of like if if he played like every game and kept that Iron Man streak, he yeah. But you could make a case for like back then, Gordy Howe was probably smoking cigarettes and drinking. <laughs> snorting coke after every game yeah it was just a different time back there maybe if he didn't do that he could play 10 more seasons i don't think that that was gordy howe like he wasn't Guy lafleur man like Guy lafleur was the one in like the it like the second period like chain smoking galois scoring five goals you know like it was (laughs) what a time yeah what a time to be alive you know that must have been so fun (laughs) you know like they just do like i feel like that's truly like whatever they wanted you know when men were men (laughs) uh yeah (laughs) but uh the point is is that i always get so nervous about the leafs and it's about that time of the season where they would start collapsing isn't it like this is about that time yeah like exactly it's exactly this time then they come into playoffs sort of like a bad team and then when they lose in the first round no one's even surprised because it was like trending that way the entire time Mm -hmm. and this is like the issue right i mean like I'm trying to think of what we have right now. Toronto, Toronto's at 61. Winnipeg's at 57. Edmonton's 56. Like, they're they're not far behind, you know? They're able to be on their heels incredibly quickly. They can essentially... God, they're, 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 not, they're not solid, right? They're not solid. Yeah. I'm still so not convinced. Yeah, they, they have a bit of a goaltender issue, but it's like, I don't even know if you can call it a goaltender issue, because... I swear every time I watch Toronto, like they can score so easily. Scoring is the hardest thing any team has to do and they can do it. But then they just like let four breakaways happen after they score a goal. It's like no other team is doing that. They're they're bad at the hard part and good at, sorry, they're good at the hard part and bad at the easy part. Well, and you know what the issue is for them is that in the playoffs, there is never a game that is like 7-6, you know, they yeah, have exactly. to play all... defense. Yeah. You know, um, everyone's gonna, and they know what they're gonna do in the in when they're playing the Leafs. Any playoff, any any team in the playoff that is worth their salt is gonna play a defensive-minded game against them because they know that they have more offensive power than most people in the NHL. So as long as you just stop their scores and you get them frustrated, you're gonna be able to get them on the defensive end. You're gonna get your opportunities. 
Yeah, I mean, I know last week we said Toronto was looking like the favorite to come out of the the north, but I'm starting to think it's definitely Winnipeg or Edmonton at this time. Edmonton looked really good against the Habs last yeah. night. And they're, they were playing big bruising-style hockey. That's playoff hockey. The refs were letting it go last night, a little glimpse of how they're going to call it in the playoffs, and they won 4-1 mm-hmm. against the pretty physical Montreal Canadiens. That was, it was pretty... They dominated the game, honestly. Habs would have been lucky to come away with a point in that one. I am. So uh, they're they're flying. Yeah, I'm a, I'm always interested, man, because I know that we've got our two teams, and uh, really, Vancouver's the only team that can catch you guys now. I think because <laughs> I know it's crazy to say, but we have I think nine more games to play than you guys, and we're eight points back. I will be so pissed off if your COVID-ridden team catches the Montreal Canadiens after this season. Because Calgary is behind you guys, but they're also played like two games more than you, so they're not they're not catching you, right? Like you've got a safe enough lead. And Cal- yeah, Calgary's just had a tough season. I feel like oh, they just lost to Ottawa again. Yeah. I mean, uh, we've explained in the past episode, both you know, growing up there, we have a soft spot for the team, but man. This is a real shame of a year for them. Yeah, it's a tough one. They're gonna have to blow it up. They're gonna have to come back with a new with a new core. But uh, (laughs) my Vancouver team, who's basically, you know, this 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 is a ragtag bunch. I feel like I can classify them as such now. And a ragtag bunch is a perfect group of people to sneak into the playoffs over a historic NHL team. You guys are not safe right now with the way that you're playing. Meh. I don't know. I think I think we're fine. I think you guys they'll, are fine, They'll figure too. it out. But, you who know, who knows? Next? It'll oh, they really... fucking play Edmonton again. They play Edmonton tomorrow. No. And it's good, too, because uh, we've got a five-game stint coming up with the Ottawa Senators but the difference is we actually beat the Ottawa Senators when we play them <laughs> yeah it is strange for some reason um we can't seem to do that Calgary yeah. can't seem to do that either yeah what is going on man why is why is Ottawa beating the shit out of you guys I don't know because we're a team of pussies probably and they play hard <laughs> well okay I'll, I'll extend an olive branch in the sense where it's just like you know why I want Montreal to make the playoffs because I know that a fourth-place Montreal team has a better shot of beating the first-place Leafs than a fourth-place Canucks team does. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, For sure. Yeah, I don't want Vancouver um, to just go in and get the shit kicked out of them for five games. Like, yeah, I getting in for the sake of getting in Montreal. doesn't help anyone. Yeah. Um, I, think they, I think Montreal has a huge shot to beat them in the playoffs if they get there. Yeah, especially when you see how Toronto is trending. What else do we want to talk about, Chris? I, I will, our last one ran a little long, and I want to keep this one. We got some listeners last time, so thank you to all the listeners out there. Um, obviously, you're enjoying our content because it's prime yeah. A1 content, but thank yeah. you for and listening. And look, guys, if you guys, you know, just comment on TikToks, you know, engage with us on Spotify. If you guys want a more defined list of the NHL's cutest boys, because I'm sure that's something that a lot of you guys have been interested in. Uh, we can talk about it, right? Um, but I guess here's here's where I'm thinking. 
I have one question I think that I want to talk about before we can go. Yeah. Because I'm still fascinated with Patrick Kane. Because the ageless wonder. This is a, this is a team that I still think needs to blow up in the sense where, okay, you will have Patrick Kane, but within the time that he is still available, you're not going to be at the level of competition. I think that they can revamp. So, if Patrick Kane had to go to any team, because I'm so curious, because this is an American, right? And this is, I think, first of all. I mean, I know that maybe there's a little bit of debate about this, but I don't think there is. I think he's the best American of all time. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be But so, Matthews what do you think? If you years. if he had to go anywhere besides Chicago, where would you see him? Um, shit, that, I think it's totally up to him. A player of that caliber, it's totally up to him. He has a huge cap hit also, but he's worth it still. So um, do you know how many years he has left on that? I'm looking it up right now. Um. Yeah, honestly, Chris, I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't give an educated guess. He has been amazing this year. He seems to... Um, it, it's up to him. It's literally up to him. He can retire there if he wants. I'm sure they would respect his wishes if he wanted to retire there for everything he's done for that franchise. But, uh, yeah, he, he could be valuable this, this offseason if they wanted to go that direction. Well, this is, yeah, this is exactly what it is. But you know what? I think you're right. It's not going to be next year because next year there's still going to be a flat cap and no one can take on his AAVs, 10 million, 10 and a half million. So yeah. no one can take that. But in 2022, 2023, so not next year, but the year after, that's his last year. And okay. if he's still contributing, like he could be a deadline piece. I don't think that's the case. I don't think they're going to do him like that. But he has a, you're right, he has a full no move. Yeah, so so he's in full control of that one. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, a lot of teams could use him. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, always, I'm always kind of fascinated by this prospect. And I'm very curious to see what your thoughts are. Because he's... Do you know where he's from? Who, who? Like, originally? Who's the prospect? Patty Kane. Oh, yeah. No. Patty Kane. He's from uh, He's from Buffalo. Oh, good for him. So... You think he's a Buffalo boy and would be true to it? Is that what you're trying to spin here, Chris? I mean, you know, Buffalo might be the only team that could take on a cap hit of that size. There, There's no way he wants and... to go to that dumpster fire. He's renounced I mean, I'm not citizenship saying next... of Buffalo. <laughs> I'm not saying next year. And I'm not saying the year after, but if he's like almost 37, he's got a twilight year, and what does he need to go win another cup? He's already got a couple, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's not impossible. That it is not. No. But I don't know. But that's all I wanted to ask. So, I mean, you know, I'm good to keep this one short if you are. Yeah. Do we have nothing else to talk about? Are I'm we that right now. uninteresting of people? No, I think this was a good one. We talked about the main issues that I wanted to. Uh, where Habs are missing Gallagher. Vancouver's back strong. Feeling it after that COVID-19. Connor McDavid, what were you going to say? Deserves to get his ass beat. Yeah, Connor McDavid does. Just one. Just one ass beating from like a guy in his weight class. We don't need to like bring yeah. someone, like a heavy guy, to beat the shit out of him. Just someone in his weight class. Travis... Sorry, Travis Konechny. Travis sure, Konechny would beat his ass. 
and I'm positive yeah, you know. of that. Um, yeah, so we want to keep it short and sweet. Thank you for listening. Let's, do it. Let's wrap it up. Um, this has been the Line Brawl podcast with two, with a couple of bruisers, Chris Smith and Jimmy Hockey. Chris bad at hockey and Jimmy Hockey. <laughs> Uh, James, I know we're going to say this probably at the end of every show. Um, where can, where can people find us on TikTok? What's our TikTok handle? That is Line Brawl Pod. Line Brawl? Line Brawl Pod. Like, uh, the whole line gets off and brawls each other and then P.O.D. like podcast at the end. Right now, we're getting up there in followers. Like I said, Spitting Chicklets is using my content like it's free giving me a little shout out though which is nice um so yeah check us out and then listen to our podcast on spotify and wherever anchor decides to upload it to